Do you want great quality drinking water? What about great quality drinking water you can get right from your sink or your fridge? Well, eliminate plastic water bottles and have convenient, worry-free drinking water. Great for coffee, tea, cooking, and of course, drinking. That's Aquarius Home Services. Connecticut has a variety of water treatment options for you to get the quality water you deserve, and they offer free water analysis. Their trusted water specialists will come visit your home and will provide quality options that make sense for you and your home. I have it in my home. It's absolutely awesome. You will love it. Contact Aquarius Home Services Connecticut for a free water analysis. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com today, and don't forget to mention Russo sent you. Welcome to Worst Seats in the House, Michael Russo, Anthony Lamp- uh, Lapanta. Let's we'll start over. It's a great start. Yeah. I swear. I the drank. stress levels are so high. I haven't drank today. Actually, all right, there we go. All right, so this is Anthony Lapanta, Michael Russo, Worst Seats in the House. We're coming to you from Tuttle's in Hopkins. Uh, awesome, awesome place. Thanks for everybody coming out. Let's hear some noise. Um, really excited to be back here at Tuttle's. Really fun show tonight. We have Grain Belt specials here. If you ask a question during the show, if you buy any Grain Belt beer, come see our friend Tommy over there for some raffle tickets, and we'll give you some great prizes at the end of the night if we pull you from the drawing. We got some wild media guides up here, six of them to be exact. Um, Kevin Paul DuPont, Hall of Fame hockey writer uh, from the Boston Globe, uh, texted me the other day. He was cleaning out... Uh, bunch of his stuff. We all get the, back in the old days when things were actually, Megan, remember back in the old days when we actually got physical media guides? You, we still do uh, here I in Minnesota. We still do in Minnesota, but most places don't give us any sort of paper they, anymore. Most places don't even print the daily stats anymore. We'll, we'll get, we'll get, this is actually yeah, Megan. We'll get so to Megan, she's going to come on here and Megan is the, one of the wild PR people and she is just absolutely awesome. The friendliest person in the world. And she does every single like stat you see. Um, I shouldn't say uh, like Aaron, Aaron, Aaron helps. So, uh, but like media guides, game notes, all that stuff is done by Aaron and Megan. They're just absolutely awesome. That's why they wear the, win the Dillman Award every single year. And so um, Megan is the one that actually gives us printed copies of game notes, which we don't get in almost any press box anymore, which we'll talk about with Megan. But anyway, so back in the old days when we'd actually get media guides and before like the internet when we'd actually have to bring like if I went on a five game trip I'd actually bring like five media guides from the other team Anthony and guide and record books so Kevin Paul was was cleaning out his like house the other day and he found all these wild media guides and he said do you want them and I'm like yeah send them to me and then I'm so we're going to give them out during the show but they're going to be only for good questions so if like you come up and you're like how are we going to afford Fiala you're definitely not getting a media guide I'm just (laughs) telling you right now yeah, if some if if the question were asked that does Greenway's extension, what does it mean for Dumba and Fiala next year? Yeah, that'd be a no media guide question. Let's come up with some other questions that people can ask that they're not <laughs> definitely not going to get a media guide. Are right, you going to well, are just, they going to trade Dumba? Yeah, definitely just, no media I'm guide. I'm just glad that you've recovered from the stress at the start of the show now, so that it, I know. because you just talked for about four minutes straight. I know I was covered so a few topics. I was so introduced random not, people. I was so excited to not hear you in my ear. So. <laughs> um, 
So, Anthony, um, let's start. You know, I am like everybody knows me. I am nothing but a positive person. So let's start with the positive and talk about the Carolina game. I don't want to go to the Winnipeg game yet. That would, not, that would be atypical of my personality to start with Winnipeg. Let's go with the Carolina game and how uh, good the Wild were that night. Then we'll go to how they just absolutely... Uh, well, how about, it, you could, how about if you tomorrow. just go to any one, or 10 of the last 13 games? Yeah. They're 10-2-1 in the last 13, and for the 10 wins, we're playing about as well as they've played in any stretch all season. Carolina was certainly right up there with the better wins, but there have been some great wins over that stretch. The come-from-behind win against Detroit I thought was significant too because it was a, a game that was natural to have a bit of a letdown. You just had the big win against Carolina, one of the league's best. Now you've got Detroit coming to town, and down two zip, they, they just put the hammer to them and pounded them. And the two Winnipeg games are really strange, though, because both games had similar feel. Where, And Winnipeg's not the kind of team that they once were when they gave Minnesota all kinds of trouble, but they played hard. They were, they were tough defensively. Minnesota didn't really make much happen in either of those games. So I was, uh, let's just talk about the stretch in general, though, because yeah. I thought the stretch was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Detroit game with Matt Boldy getting the uh, four points and the hat trick was just uh, really fun to watch. And, and the chemistry that Fiala and Boldy have together and obviously Goudreau fitting in on that line. Kaprizov and Zuccarello continue to be on fire. It's, it's crazy. I mean, Zuccarello has nine multi-point games in the last 12, I believe. And uh, Kaprizov, nine multi-games, multi-point games in the last 16 and tied for first in the league since, uh, the, what's the stat you've been putting? November 24th, I believe? It goes T- back to when that line was created yeah. on November 24th. Tied with Sidney Crosby. Uh, 15 multi-point games, tops in the NHL. Um, so it's pretty amazing there. Um, but the Winnipeg game, it was. I thought yesterday was the most, like I was more disappointed in them yesterday than the game uh, a week ago when they were really, really flat. Because the game a week ago, I think you could you could chalk it up. Not that Winnipeg wasn't on an All-Star break, too. But you could chalk it up to the All-Star break, the late, the hard the hard uh, practice, the day, but the afternoon before, the travel. They were just flat as a pancake. Last night was so winnable. Like, the, the, like Winnipeg, Winnipeg was, was lousy last yeah, night. Yeah, Winnipeg early. was not very good, but the Wild were, like, I could not... I have not seen them on neutral zone cycles, just, uh, no, sorry, offensive zone cycles more throw pucks to nobody. How many times on a cycle, you never see this, with no pressure, they're throwing the puck behind the net and nobody was there. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I thought both games had a little bit of that feel to it. And the first one, I agree with you, there was a little bit that you could dismiss. It was the first game out of the break. It was first out of the break for Winnipeg as well. But... There was a lot of talk in Winnipeg about how this was the stretch that was going to make or break their season. Five games in a row against the division. It was Minnesota at the beginning and the end and in between Chicago, Nashville, and Dallas where they felt they had to be 3-1-1 and to have any chance to stay in the race. And they played like it that first meeting between the two. But even with as poorly as Minnesota played, it was, it was essentially a 1-0 game. And the one was on a lousy call that put them on the power play and then a flubbed shot by Shifley that created a a goofy change-up wobbly puck. It was the only goal of the game until they scored into the empty net. I agree with you. I thought the one the other night was, last night, was more disappointing. And I don't know if it was a lot of the talk and the buildup of the repercussions from the first mm-hmm. meeting and the desire to make sure that didn't bleed into the game that, that had people take their foot out. 
put off the gas might be the wrong term, but they certainly didn't hit when hits were there to be had. And I wonder if maybe there was just a little too much yeah. emphasis put on, let's play hockey, let's yeah. not get involved in all that crap. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that they didn't initiate the way that they were accustomed to seeing them. I mean, even – and I, I do agree with Felino where he said that his line did his thing, but I think even if you – Look at his, at their shifts of that line. There wasn't as hard a fortune. Like Erickson Eck was pulling up on checks, which we've never seen. Greenway was definitely trying to keep it clean. Same thing with Felino pulled up on one where he was, I think, a little worried that it would be called a boarding, um, which I don't know why you'd be worried that because obviously those two referees don't know what boarding is. We learned that on the Boldy one yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, man, the officiating this year is just lousy. Um, it's multiple games in a row where. The Wild are getting referees I've never even heard of, which is very, very strange. And I don't know. I was talking to a retired official the other day that is despondent over two. And I know we talk about this forever, about officiating. We could probably go back 10 years and be like, hey, officiating is the worst it's ever been. But this one, because you know what this uh, official was saying, which I thought was really interesting? He wasn't trying to let Felino off the hook by any stretch of the imagination. But he said the problem in that whole play were the linesmen. The linesmen did not do their job positionally to basically protect Lowry from Felino doing that. He's like, well, I'm now giving away that the retired official was a linesman, but this is like my job originally was always to grab, to protect the guy on the bottom of the pile. And no, neither of those guys did that. And so, you know, it just allowed that situation to happen. And he goes, so, you know, I, and again, he wasn't trying to make excuses for Felino. He was just saying that stuff doesn't even happen if the linesmen had done their jobs there. And, and I just, I, and he brought up many, many other instances where officials are just not in the proper positions or things like that. Yeah, I mean, I still think the suspension was warranted for Felino. And I think the frustrating part about all of that is I thought Dylan's play was definitely a penalty that started the whole thing. Lowry probably could have gotten called for a penalty with the horse collar yanking Felino back, maybe. He might have saved Felino anyway, because if he doesn't pull him out, Felino's the third man in a fight, and that's a bigger problem. Yeah. But that's where I thought the problem was. I thought well, once it happened the way it did, I'm sure it was unintentional. I'm sure that it's not Felino's DNA to act this way, but I thought the suspension was warranted. Yeah, and you know the other thing this uh, this official said too, which I thought was interesting, was that, that years and years and uh, years ago, basically when it was a one official system, one referee, two linesmen, is that referees would come into a game with the linesmen and they would have a good awareness of like the previous history between games. And he said that also just the fact that this, these, these officials clearly had no idea that Dylan and Felino had this previous history with the Superman punch and all that. Like right away, if you have that recognition in your mind, you know what Dylan's doing there. And that's, immediately challenging Felino early in that game, and I just think it was just pretty interesting. So We've seen that so many times this year that the question was the awareness or lack thereof of what's happening in the game. Go back to the Frederick hit on Kaprizov. If you were watching the game, you knew from the drop of the puck that Frederick's quest for the mm -hmm. night was to put some doubt in the minds of the wild skill players, and then when he throws them into the wall you're going to react properly. And instead, it was like they were surprised that this was the, oh boy, he hit him. He, yep. it, that was awkward. So I think we've seen some of that, and maybe it's because of the turnover with the officials. I'm not sure. I, I just don't think the officiating has been as consistent. Mm -hmm. I've talked with Dean Evison about it a lot, and most of the time, 
when there's a penalty that's been called, and the Wild are upside down on power play opportunities for the year. They were minus 13 going into last night, and it's like 25th in the league. And for a team that has the puck as much as they do and scores as much as they do, that's not normal. Carolina is similar, actually. They're in mm-hmm. about the same spot. And I, I heard Rod Brindamore after the game the other night ask the same question. He said, I don't know why we're not getting more power plays. Most of the time when you look back at the penalties that the Wild are called for, they are legit. But the question is always, why aren't they called the other way? And I, I asked Dean about this the other day, and he said, we've been doing the same thing. We've gone back and looked at them, and almost yeah. every time we get a whistle, you say, okay, I, that's, a, that's a penalty, but there were six of them going the other way that looked a lot like it that didn't get called, yeah. and we're not yeah. sure what that, what that is, and who knows? I, I don't know what the reason is. I really don't think it's the officials that are coming in saying we're going to stick it to the Minnesota Wild. I, it might, maybe it's how hard they're riding the officials these days. Maybe it's just bad luck. I'm not sure yeah. what it is, but it's been there all year. Yep, yep, no doubt. Uh, we're going to uh, bring Megan up in a little bit. We're going to take some questions right now. Um, and good news, by the way, I thought I was having a stroke. But it turns out that uh, that my hat was over my ears, and that's why I couldn't hear in my uh, right. ears. So, so whoever there called nine one one because we yeah. had Russo was having a, major ear hat. major yeah. ear problems. I'm like, why why is everything so muffled? And, and then it turned out. So that if you well, Beanie just was, like by a show of hands, perhaps if you had you weren't hearing quite right, would your immediate reaction be, I think I'm having a stroke, or would it be that maybe I'll take the headsets off and see if something's wrong with them? Question, sir, and by the way, make yourself comfortable. <laughs> Appreciate that. So we recently hit the 40, 40 do, game do mark. Do you want a couch? Can we get you a couch or not? work. Okay. <laughs> uh, reflection, reflection and projection uh, would be common for most spectac- spectators uh, as we hit that milestone. At 170 goals in 45 games, the Wild look like they'll shatter their all-time club record. Uh, Few teams in the modern era have uh, been able to hit, break the 300 goal mark in a season. The last one to do it was the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, they did it in 2018, 2019. Uh, my question then is the Wild currently on pace for 309 goals. Do you guys feel like they'll join the 300 club mark? Why or why not? Well, first of all, uh, before you answer the question, Anthony, if you want to write for The Athletic, that's more information that I've dug up in about a month. So if you could email that to me, you, that'd be there's great. There's been a chart in the you file e- I send yeah. you every day. You, you can email that to me, yeah. and I will put it verbatim in tomorrow's story. The, I share my game file that is true. quite often with a group of hockey fans, and Michael's on there, and it... We have a. I build gra- the bra- graphics for our show. Just some ideas that I think will Good be in job, there. Brandon. It might be twenty-five or thirty ideas. One of them we've had in there recently is the goals per game for the Wild. They're on pace right now for uh, almost fifty more than they've ever scored in a season. Well over the three per game threshold, over three hundred for the season. They're third in the league right now in goal scoring, and I don't see it drying up. I. There's not a guy right now that you'd point to on their lineup and say he can't do in the second half what he did in the first half. Yeah. I mean, look at even last night. They wound up getting, what, three goals. So, um, And they weren't very good. And multiple punt games by Zuckerl and Kaprizov, who I didn't think was very good in the first two and great. And how many times have we talked about that this year? Yeah. On a night where they look like they've been shut down, they've been neutralized, and yet yeah, they get all of a points. sudden they each get a couple of points. Yeah. But last night, it was another example of, like, whenever Dean mentions East-West, you know who they're talking about. and you know It was all night. Yeah. Yep. Hey guys. Question. Yeah, quick question. Two, part. Russo, do you ever get invited to Anthony's grill-outs? 
Oh, yeah. Many times. Quite the chef. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Second He was question. a no-show for one recently yeah. that was maybe one of the better ones we've had, a multi-course meal. It was on the calendar for about a month or a month and a half. He probably asked me about it eight times. What's the date of that again? What's the date of that again? And then was a no-show. Yeah, I, I, I kind of... <laughs> I kind of uh, didn't show up. Yeah, Actually, that's, Anthony, that's, Anthony uh, who does no nothing, nothing bothers no Anthony usually, which is just drives me crazy. That was the that I actually texted Margo. I'm like, I think Anthony is angry at me. Like, where do you angry. shop? Kowalski's at Kowalski's. What's your normal bill there when you serve those meals? <laughs> like two hundred. I have to admit that it's yeah. That's my question. Uh, um, that's a good question. You're getting a media guide. Yeah, they are. The bills are high, depending on the number of people, obviously. So I will say, so I'd say normally around three hundred bucks, three hundred to three fifty on most it weeks. It looks great, but it's but that I justify it to my wife because a lot of times <laughs> I say, look, I also bought some extra stuff that's going to last us during exactly. the week. It's yeah, not it, just tonight. It's a lot of meals, right? That there's was, some, there's that, some extra that to meals. me was my valid excuse for not showing up. Is I'm like, oh, he's just going to have another wagyu beef tomorrow. Right. Yeah, and so but coincidentally, Margo and I had dinner together on Tuesday night at home and I went to Kowalski's with just the two of us <laughs> and I went I got a couple fillets and grabbed some veggies and got home and I was like it was bizarre I got to the counter it cost like $85 I, mean, I didn't even know what to do but they're, they're expensive but they're worth it because for us it's not I mean the food's great but we just love the Sunday dinners and the, I love the it. Fam- what it's the time together the conversation afterward it's we can't, you can't beat it absolutely okay Real question. I'm a UND guy. You know their nickname's not the Sioux anymore. Their nickname's not the Sioux anymore. You have to oh, throw that out. No, no, doesn't count. Was Parisi a good locker room guy or not? When he was at North Dakota? Yeah, he was great. Uh, when he was guy. at North Dakota, he was awesome. I love, I love yeah. Parisi, but I've heard some rumors here. Let's yeah, be it was, honest. I just okay. got your voicemail, what? by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> it literally just came in. Perfect. That was that, that sound. I was pretty stressed about it. Yeah. The, those guys were, what Zach brought was a work ethic that was unrivaled. It, nobody worked harder than him. And same with Ryan Suter. I think what, and, and they were good for, they were great for the franchise when they arrived. It was also time for him to go. And the turnover has opened the door for a, a younger voice, it's opened the door for a more open leadership group where those guys were just a little more set in their ways. And so I always hate the term like bad locker room guy because I don't think they were bad locker room guys. They worked their tails off and they played like hard. Like was not a bad locker room. It was time for to go. Right. It was, Miko's one of the all-time greats here, and it was time to turn the page. So it's, Brunette there talked about times. today, I did a podcast today with Brunette. And he talked about when he was like, go here, it was time for him to go. It was just like he had to go. It's just like, there's, there's going to be a he time was. for Anthony to go. It's going to be a sad day, they're, they're but, you know, it's going to be, it's going to have to happen. <laughs> I, I'm worried about it every night when I get home. I'm hoping the garage door opener still works. But it's, but the, the reality is I just think those, there was, it was time for a turnover. Yeah. And it's so enough. it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was that they were the only problem. It was the combination of those guys and the younger group that just didn't mesh, that they mesh better with the leaders that are in place now. Thanks, guys. Fair yep, enough. Thanks. Grab a media guide. We're going to roll through these four. Then we're going to have Megan come on up, and then we'll open it up to questions again. 
So on previous podcasts, you've mentioned that if the Wild do not sign Philip Johansson, they will receive a yep. compensation pick. Yep. So I'd like you to clarify a point for me. Yep. Who was responsible for drafting Philip Johansson? Was, you know, it, I, I honestly, was it Felton, I Fenton's honest, team? It was Fenton's draft. Yeah, it was yes. Fenton's draft. Um, you know, and Fenton, all I can tell you is that when I, the one time on the record that somebody uh, said who was responsible, Fenton said he was responsible. So I'm just going to go with that. Um, I don't, let's put it this way Brent Flair was the director of amateur scouting. I don't think it was his pick. Um, you know, so, so. Well, bottom line is that when it's a first-round pick, no yeah. matter who is doing the scout, the general manager has a say. Yeah. And it's always under his umbrella of authority. And yeah. Fenton was in charge at that time. Yep. So, so did, he, did he use that information based on his scouting when he was with Nashville? Or um, did he lean on the team in Minnesota, which were Chuck Fletcher's old team? Yeah. No idea. If you come on our Europe trip, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> the the I mean, story that I remember I most. I about six glasses of wine. No, but I the story tell you. I remember most about it was, yeah. do you remember the night that there was a guy that came to the arena, and I can't remember his name, you probably do. He was there scouting for the Swedish national team, and we asked him about the Wilds pick. It was Johan Garpenlov. He didn't even know who he was. Yeah, I, I, I went and ran to Anthony. I'm like, uh, the Swedish national GM had, didn't know who he was. That's, that's a red flag. So, um, and I feel bad ripping on the kid because I like him a lot. So, nice kid, but he's not going to be signed, unfortunately. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, one day sure. I'll tell you the story. Yep. You, yep. Grab a media guide. Yep. This one's going to go back in the archives, kind of like those sweet media guys, too. So, uh, your fellow writer, Scott Wheeler at The Athletic, ranked the Wild number third in their, his prospect list. Yep. And... Fortunately and unfortunately, most of those guys will make it in the NHL. With the Wild, they're with the NHL team, and some of them won't. Uh, the question is, in the last 10 years or so, even in the past with the Wild, who is a player that each of you guys thought would for sure make it to the league with either the Wild or even in the NHL somewhere, and for whatever reason or not, ended up not making it the team? Ooh, that's a good question. I might need some time. All right, so who was drafted by the Wild or any other team that I thought was going to make it a highly right. thought and, of prospect. Yeah, that yeah. you guys either that you guys saw in person that was just like popped out for whatever reason and that just didn't make it to the NHL for God. You know the, I'll tell you the guy that the first guy that comes to mind for me, and I didn't think he was gonna be an NHL star necessarily, but I thought Gustav Olofsson was going to be a player yeah. in the NHL. I thought he wasn't I mean, we're not talking about a guy that everybody was saying is going to be a future all-star or anything, but there were a lot of things about his game that reminded me of Jonas Brodeen, the way he skated, the way he moved. And I thought for sure, somehow, some way, he was going to land, if not with the Wild, somewhere in the league. And he just ne it just never really worked out for him. Yeah. He's, he's one of the guys, in recent years anyway, that comes to mind for me. One guy I'll say that I, I was surprised to make was Brett Bulmer. Um, I thought that he was going to be a stud when I watched him in some development camps. I mean, he was big body, right shot, power forward, kind of what they needed. Um, I never was the biggest Johan Larson fan, but he, I give him credit. He's, he's, he's you know, figured out a way to have a long career in this league. Um, in Florida, there was a guy named Ivan Nova Seltsev that was unbelievable. You know and who, uh, just never made it. You know who another guy is, is remember when about that same era, everybody was talking about Matt Hackett as a can't-miss yeah. goaltender prospect. And, yeah. and it was, when the Wild traded him, I remember there were a lot of people like, 
why would we trade him? And he hasn't turned into anything yeah. elsewhere either. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Yep. yep. There you go. Grab a media guide. What media, What years are left? Now you're free to second guess anything Michael Russo writes or says now, now so that you, know, you can confirm um, it in the media guide. Just so you guide. know, all these media guides predated Megan, who basically is the author of this year's media guides. These were all written, I think, by Ryan Stanzel. So every mistake that Ryan made. <laughs> Please point it out. Uh, Megan corrected in the up in the updated uh, things, and I'm only saying that because I'm praying to goodness that uh, Ryan's listening to this podcast. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so my question is about Ryan O'Rourke. I, what do you guys think of his development so far, and um, does he like fit the wild system? I mean, I know he's a lot of penalty minutes. Uh, you know, he's he's a pretty rough guy, but it looks like he plays a good defensive game. And you think by like 21, 22, he makes a roster? Um, th- 21, 22? No, 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 no. I meant like his age. Oh, yeah. Um, Left shot. They got Brodeen. Merrill signed for two more. I mean, they love. I mean, they love him. I mean, Captain. He got hurt last uh, the other night. uh, It looks like and didn't play last night. So uh, that's not good. But uh, um, hard nosed guy. I mean, the guy that's really, really jumped to the forefront right now is Damon Hunt. Um, Obviously, they love Lambos. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting with all these defensemen, right? Between Addison, Pert, um, Lambos, Hunt, and O'Rourke, they can't all play here. I've got to think at some point Billy's going to use some of them as currency. And you almost O'Rourke, have to. Yeah, and O'Rourke makes a lot of sense to be that guy because I think he is highly thought of in this league. You know, you just um, named off five yeah. defensive prospects that most people around the league are looking at as can't miss. Yeah. And when you consider the fact that Brodine and Spurgeon are going to be here for seven years. Yeah. That means there isn't room for all these guys. Yeah, yeah. I I love him because he was like the youngest captain on his OHL team. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. He looked from Nano, so yeah. Hopefully he does, but if he doesn't, totally understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Cool. All right. Yes, Thanks, question. guys. I appreciate it. All right, we'll take these two, and then we're bringing up Megan. I won't. The holidays have come and gone, and despite your best intentions, so is your motivation to lose weight. I know I've been there, but don't despair because my friends over at Profile have a solution for you. Profile makes losing weight easy, designed by doctors to take the guesswork out of weight loss. Profile has helped thousands of people like myself, and they can help you too. It's a great time to get started. Join Profile in February and save up to 30% off your membership. An unbelievable deal. Visit ProfilePlan.com slash Twin Cities and launch your transformation today. Tell them that Russo sent you. That's ProfilePlan.com slash Twin Cities. The Sheriff family enjoys spending a lot of time outside. Hence, we care what goes into our environment. That's why we support propane, the energy for everyone. Did you know that propane produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions than electricity generated on the U.S. grid? Propane's emissions are 43% fewer. That's a lot. Propane is clean, dependable, and affordable. Plus, it's produced right here in the USA. Let's all do our part to reduce emissions from our homes, cabins, and businesses by choosing propane, the right energy right now. To learn more about propane, the energy for everyone, go to propane.com. No matter what your ailment is, they've got specialists for it. And I didn't see Dr. Mullaney for my back. I saw Dr. Amundsen when I had a disc fragment break off and sit on a nerve in my back after I had harassed Dr. Boyd for about two weeks leading up to it saying, hey, doc, there's something wrong with my knee. He had done my ACL-MCL meniscus surgery a few years back, and I I'm telling you, my knee is so stiff right now. This is worse than after you did the surgery. He kept looking at it, said, if you want to come in, we'll do an MRI. But I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with your knee. I did it right. He took an MRI. Sure enough, the knee was fine. He said, let's have you go see the back guy just in case. And sure enough, I had a disc fragment sitting on a nerve. 
So Dr. Robinson diagnosed it. Dr. Stiles did the cortisone shot, as he did for you. To Everything was great. No matter what your ailment is, though, they've got the specialist for it. It'll get you back to normal life as fast as you can. It's TRIA orthopedic. It's the place to go. So the the clearly the locker room has a cohesiveness maybe this year that we haven't necessarily had before. Can you talk a little bit about who you see is taking on that leadership role back there and then maybe what they're doing and why now versus before? Well... I think it's a combination. I think, number one, the coaching staff has created a culture where it's, it's more cohesive. But I just talked with Jared Spurgeon and Darby Hendrickson about this last week. And Dean has made the comment that it's a locker room. You'd love to be a young guy because they welcome everybody in. And they also welcome everybody's voice. And I think that's what's different is it isn't just Spurgeon, Dumba, and Felino because they're wearing letters. Zuccarello leads. Kaprizov leads. And Megan will be a better source for this because she's actually in the room. We're not really allowed in there, but we just have talked to people about it. And I asked Darby about it. He said, you just know what when you see it. And we see it with this group. They have fun together. They practice hard, but they compete. And the way they celebrate during practice is fun to watch. And then their bonding events that they go to afterward, It's this, there's something special. And I really think it's because you've got a Spurgeon is somewhat of a – unassuming leader, I think, where people trust him, but yet he doesn't stand up and say, it's my way, I'm the leader. Everybody has a voice. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Spurgeon, you, you see it a lot of times, the, as quiet a leader is, you see also on social media, like, the stuff he does, bringing kids over to his house to have dinner with his family and, you know, stuff like that. Um, Dumba is a huge voice in that locker room. Like, if they do have to trade him, it's going to be a huge loss inside that locker room. Um, Felino is extremely welcoming. As, as Anthony mentioned, uh, Zuccarello is somebody that if they are playing poorly in a game, it's usually Zuccarello that's standing up and having his voice heard. We saw after the Winter Classic who came out and really said it like it was. It was Zuccarello. Um, you know, hopefully he could just, uh, you know, create a better influence in terms of uh, media and working with uh, the media, that'd be nice, um, you know, than he is. Just some members of the yeah, media. No, it's all of us, <laughs> trust me. Um, it's just insane um, how... Uh, Fought, write that is, down as a question for Megan, too. Yeah, um, so that type of stuff. Peter, what's up? Peter? Sorry. Paul. We'll call Paul, him. Paul, sorry. Mary, same whatever. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. You know, Peter, um, Paul, and Mary was one of my first concerts that yeah, I've been to. I got that a lot as a kid. Uh, first question is, and I, I'm not going to say the D word... Because there's a scandal around there at the moment. But uh, I'll bring up defense. That's not the word. Oh, depth? Yeah. yeah. There you go. I'm trying to leave it. Leave lying dogs lie. But uh, um, as far as, like, ELC contracts go, and I think there was a pretty evident hole last night in our defense um, yeah. with Dumba missing. There's and a lack of depth in the defense? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, there is. Addison, yeah. if Addison no wasn't doubt. hurt, if Addison yeah. wasn't hurt, he'd be there. Yeah. But I'm worried about... The future burning ELC contracts and so forth. I know we have we have great talent, at huge depth at defense in Iowa, but who who could we afford to avoid a mishap like last year in Vegas where Brody went out? And if we when we make the playoffs this year, yeah, who can we afford to bring up and not burn contracts and burn bridges in the future where we get, you know, shuffled around? Yeah, I mean the one thing I'll say is that you know, you know, to me Brody is the Wilds. Adam Fox, it's the Wilds, um, you know, Victor Hedman, it's the Wilds, Drew Doughty, it's the Wilds, Brent Burns, it's the Wilds, you know, Cal McCarthy. He's irreplaceable. So, so, like, you take 
any of those guys out of any t- if you take you know uh Kale McCarr or Victor Hedman out of Tampa's lineup or or Avalanche lineup in the playoffs it's going to be a huge hole I don't disagree with you. Like I, I think the Wild win Game Seven if Brodeen's there. So I don't disagree with what you're saying in that in that standpoint. Um, what what makes this a real double whammy with Dumba right now is that right now, like like during that stretch where those guys were hurt, when Jordy was playing well, Dean wanted to play Jordy over uh, Kalen Addison. Right now, the way that Jordy is playing, and the way that Galagoski is playing, because he is in a funk right now. I think there's no doubt that Kalen Addison would be in this lineup. So the fact that he is hurt right now really is uh, glaring to me. And I think the second that Kalen gets healthy, if Dumba's still out, he's going to be up. I agree with that. But I, and the defense was bad last night. Maybe the worst game they've played all season. And Goligoski well, isn't look, a slump. One game in Seattle was just as bad. That was as bad. You remember the first yeah, game? Yeah, the first game out there. That's <laughs> that true. But, so, but we're talking about that was three months yeah, ago. Yeah. So and that was they were playing one guy. They just that made went through a stretch yeah. where three times in 28 games they had their top six defensemen. Three times in 28, and yet they were the second best team in the NHL over that stretch. They have enough depth on the blue line. They just had a bad night last night. Playoffs are an They are, but no team in the league loses their best defensive defenseman and has the next guy ready to step in and not miss beat. So, if Dumba's healthy. I still think we'll see more of Addison before this season's over. I don't know what's going on. Goligoski's game hasn't been as good lately, but it was great for a long stretch this year. He's still eighth in the league and plus minus for the season. So I'm willing to give the guys a little bit of a pass and say last night was an aberration. They played terribly. They, were, they weren't good. But they were really good a couple nights earlier against Carolina and, and shut down one of the better offensive teams in the league for most of the night. Yeah. Um, last night was just a weird one. I mean, you know, uh, obviously, like, um, you know, it just was not good. Um, and, and they were exposed last night. And I, I, there was, I mean, that was the one thing that, that Dave Lowry really did a good job on. You know, sometimes I do think that, you know, the one thing with Dean is that he really does not look for matchups at all. Usually it's the D that's all he really cares about. But last night, I thought Dave Lowry did a great job just getting Mark Shifley out away. From, I mean, that line barely played against uh, yeah, know, and I, and Dean matches more than he says he does. He yeah. says he doesn't watch it. But if you watch, there are games but, where they do. Last you know, night, he didn't do was, a ton of it. I just think they should have split those two at some point in J- that game. Spurgeon and Brody. Yeah, because it was about. so yes. obvious what they were doing, and they were exposing him. Right. You know? And they, it was only two games that he tried to throw those two guys together, and a part of it was... Let's see. It, the first game was at home, and they wanted to see Ben with Goligoski, and that just it didn't work. So last night he went away from it, but he kept the other two guys on, intact on top. And I still think if you're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, there are going to be some times where Brodine and Spurgeon play together, and maybe not a whole night, but it's time to shut down the McKinnon line, for example, or the Pacioretty-Stone line. Those two guys might be playing together, but... It the, right now with Dumba out of the lineup, it was tough. Yeah. All right, uh, Megan. Megan Kogut is uh, the Wilds. What is your exact title? Assistant uh, PR person uh, extraordinaire. All right, let's get a yep, mic. A specialist. It's a media relations specialist, and she is definitely a specialist. And the one thing I will tell you about the Wilds PR department is, uh, between Aaron Sipkin and Megan Kogut, and I, I don't. I, I bet you will agree with this, Anthony. Is that when I go around the National Hockey League, like, 
I'm trying to think a, a, a good way to say this. Like, Aaron and Megan show it's not hard to be helpful, to be competent, to be nice. And, and uh, like, sometimes I'm just amazed, not just the National Hockey League, but other sports, like, why people make it so difficult. Like, just, like, you know, you're there to be media relations people, and you could be friendly, too, which Megan, by the way, look at her. Look at that face. She's smiling all the time. Like, when I'm in a bad mood, how do you, how do you stay in a bad mood, right? Um, and, and, like, and sometimes I, you are determined to stay in a bad yeah, mood. Yeah, I, I am not in a good mood the majority of the time. He has his days, yeah. doesn't he? Does. He does. He has his yeah. moments. <laughs> but, but, like, uh, but honestly, it's not difficult. Like, I no, just, I'm always, like, amazed. I go to, like, constantly. And I will say, and they just are, it's so tr- it's so hard to do your job with some PR people in this league. What's eye opening is when you go to the other rinks. We joked about it earlier with the stats and notes. It they honest to God, a lot of arenas they treat these things like they're oil or some gold or hot commodity yeah, that they're the, scarce. The new thing is that they're being good to the environment. Right. Uh, no. And I had one. We were That's in. That's not what you're. Why you're no, not giving us game? We notes. were in it's Seattle. You're being cheap. We were and cheap and just choosing to be less than helpful. I, we were in Seattle. You were on the trip, I believe. I did both and, games, yeah. <laughs> and I walked in in the morning, and it's a new arena, so nobody knows where they're going. And everywhere we went, hey, where's the media room? And nobody would know. And and it's not like I know who their, which person's their media relations specialist and which person is like they're an usher or a vendor or something. They're all just wandering around in the morning. But I finally tracked down somebody that's in their media relations department. I said, is it possible to get a printed copy of the notes. And they said, yep, we'll have them for you when you get back here for the game tonight. Well, we don't start our prep at 5.30 when we wander into the booth. I said, is there any chance that you could just, there's a pile of them sitting on the table. Can I just have one of those? And no. <laughs> they told you no? They said no. And she didn't offer an explanation. She just said no. Okay. And I said, I tell you what, if I can borrow one, I'll go find a copy machine somewhere in your building and I'll make myself a copy and there was another guy sitting at the table who overheard it. And when she left, he walked over and handed me one and just said, I don't even know who the hell those are for. But so when it's, you have moments like that that you appreciate. So we should enter Megan Kogut for the yep. people who are listening later or are here is, is one of the two with the wild. And it's awesome. So we'll let you, as we welcome you to the show, how about like, what's the best? You've got to have a good Michael Russo story for like when... He Terrible. was really like high maintenance, and you had to figure out a way That's to help every him. Every minute <laughs> has that changed? No, I know. I'm just, there's got to be like one moment that stands out to you. Uh, gosh. Uh, so this is my tenth season with the Wild. So I've known Mike and Anthony since day one. Sorry. <laughs> um, and how easy do we make your life? I, by the way, you know what. I forgive you because you make me part of your coffee runs. <laughs> I do bring a coffee every night when I get back to the rink. Um, but as we say, Mike's more on the high maintenance side for the fact that <laughs> <laughs> he wants what he wants when he wants it. And sometimes you aren't given two seconds notices. So sometimes Mike will ask you for a request like, hey, I got to talk to you. So-and-so real quick. Okay, great. I'll let them know when they get off the ice. But Mike will go around you somehow, and then he's standing by the the elevator, stalking the guys before they go downstairs to the locker room. And I'm like, 
Did I not just tell you two seconds ago I'd let them know? Um, so it's a matter of... Thanks, Anthony, for that. Tell, tell, <laughs> tell an Anthony story, because honestly, I can tell 50 that will throw that right back on him. Isn't your favorite Anthony story is how many times he repeats his Anthony stories? Yeah, that's true. Usually when I'm at his house and he starts talking about a story that, uh, that like I've heard a thousand times, I just start playing with the dogs. I like immediately, like Margot knows right away to bring me Phil or Stanley. So. And what dog do you make fun of the most? Uh, Phil. 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 Phil's struggling. Stanley yeah. is like dry white toast. Like Phil's got personality. Phil's like, got PTSD and ADD and yeah. was concussed a few times when he was young. Yeah. Like still, Stanley like does nothing. Just well, he's smart. No, he's wise. That's not exactly right. Um, so tell us, uh, Megan. Uh, tell us the one story that would uh, that that will get you in a lot of trouble tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> tell us the one. Tell us about all the players that you've had to get out of trouble on the road. Tell all that type of stuff. Yeah, that, let me sign myself that up has for that not right now. The well, you know we've had a lot of people who have have asked about the difference inside the room. You deal with these yeah. guys in, in yeah. a way that almost nobody does. What have you seen that's different? Um. I will say that's my favorite thing about working in hockey. You know, there's PR for every sport, basketball, football, whatever. Um, but I will say hockey is my favorite for that. These are honest to God, good guys. They're family guys, whether they're married, currently dating or single. They, they love to just come, do their job, hang out, win a game, go home. So you're not worried about quote unquote extracurricular activities like you are with other sports. Um, I don't think I could do Football, like 60 guys in one locker room, like, no, thank yeah. you. Um, hockey, you don't worry about it. They, we have a respect level. I don't think I've ever made them feel uncomfortable. They don't make me feel uncomfortable. So we have a good time. This year, I will agree what you guys have already brought up on the show. Um, it is different, and I feel like they're having a lot more fun than we've seen them have in previous years, and they do seem very close. Uh, Spurgeon actually lives like two houses down from my mom. And so he... Oh, wow, your mom's going <laughs> to... Um, but Kirill has come by and has done dinners with him. Yeah. He had a Super Bowl party for everybody else yeah. that didn't have family in town. Um, so you do. You see them all hanging out, and it's different. When we go on the road and stuff, I'll see them mix it up. You never see the same group... Yes. All the time. They're go out together. What Over All-Star, we were all noticing their pictures on Instagram and stuff of where yep. they went to be on vacation. And I've never seen the team bond as close as they've been doing this year. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I cannot remember who. God, uh, it'll come to, come to me. It was somebody in Winnipeg yesterday that, I, that we were talking about. Like, years ago when I started covering this league, I would have been out of this league in a minute if it wasn't for God. Who was it? It might have been Dave Lowry that he and I were talking. We were just talking, like, like there's just something about the players in this league that are just so great to deal with, that are welcoming and all that type of stuff. And I just think that 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 is what makes this sport fun to deal with. They're accessible. They genuinely seem to like talking to the media. Obviously, it's a little different now with like you know with social media and all that type of stuff. But they just seem to be really good guys. And that's been that way throughout my entire career. I can name on one hand probably the guys that I didn't like on this team over the years or the guys that were problems to deal with or things like that. And I just think this locker room, they're just a bunch of good people in there. You know, No question. Part, and, you know, part of Megan's job, too, is after the game, 
we've got TV guys who are coming and saying, hey, we'd like to talk to him. We'd like to get him out on the bench for our interview, radio shows, trying to get their guy on there. So you guys are scrambling to try to get everybody in the right spot. And how, how difficult is it sometimes to make sure that everybody gets who they want when sometimes you got players who are, you know what, I just don't want to talk tonight. And they do. They just do. Um, I, I can think of one <laughs> every it, night in uh, every practice. You're talking about Matt? Yeah. Well, Matt likes me, so I don't yeah. <laughs> but, That's why I said it's just when certain people ask. For no, it. no. No. Um, it's been like five times in a row that we've all asked, and he just hasn't. I come will out. say, Matt Matt's appreciates wit, though. So if you. Are you, he'll give it to you, but if you give it right back to him, mm-hmm. you commit. You can convince him, and yeah. and you can tell him like, hey, well, you did X, Y, and Z, and then he'll be like, okay, fine, and then he'll walk into the room. Right, right. Um, so sometimes you know, that takes time to learn. You're not going to know it right away, but um, uh, but there are players, bad games, they're on a streak. Um, of I remember Fiala in the beginning of the year, he just wasn't going yet, and you guys are asking, you want his quotes and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't want to talk and they have that prerogative but it's also part of our job to tell them like all right you didn't do it the last two days you got to go today and we have to foster that relationship we are there for them but we're there for you guys too like Mm -hmm. it's how you do your job yeah um so sometimes you just got to break it down and we ask them like well what's stopping you why don't you want to talk why you know and they'll give us our concerns and we can help balance that out um I'm, I'm always amazed at these guys too, like like a Fiala, like who you know English is second language. He comes in there and he's such a great quote. And, and I noticed that the first day we interviewed him in Winnipeg after he was traded to the Wild, um, and and like I mean the same thing as Zuccarello. I mean these guys, like I always forget. Like, can you imagine if one of us just parachuted into into, into Norway, Norway or you know right. whatever and and tried to talk? I mean, it was just like, it's crazy. I tried to pump him up with that, too. Like, Broad still worries he sounds terrible. And I'm like, dude, you've been here 13 yeah, years. He was like, terrific. you, know you got to give yourself a break. Eric Sinek. Oh, he's so good. Compared to like two, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Holy moly. They still won't wear a mic during a game, but at yeah. least they're talking to the media after. There are some guys that, even like the English speaking, but like, remember Scandella, how great he would be with the beat writers, but you put a mic in front of him and it was just like, camera, you know, yeah, just media. I don't right. want to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this it is, it takes time, but I try and tell him, like, we suck here in America. We only know one language. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are coming over yeah. here and you know four or five. Yeah. Like, well, like that's Fiala impressive. and Zuccarello know like five or six each. Zuccarello didn't know Russian and now he's speaking like words yeah. and phrases with Kirill. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, well, it's like, I mean, how about Dumba speaks Swedish with, with Brodeen? <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what, Brod says 11 nicknames, 10 of them yeah. have come from yeah. Matt. So. I noticed that uh, <laughs> practice today, Bill Zito is like saying hello to different players in their languages uh, <laughs> as, they, as the Panther players came off. Uh, it was pretty funny. Like Barkov came off, you know, all of a sudden I'm like listening to him talk to Barkov in his language. It's but, crazy. but to Anthony's point, where he's like, how hard is it to get these guys where they need to go? I will home is easier because I have Aaron and vice versa. We, yeah. we got an extra pair of hands and eyes to catch a guy to get them where they got to go on the road. It's hard. Um, we have 20 minutes to hit that bus. Um, you guys are getting off air, so we got to get whoever Gorg asked for, Dean, all on air before show's over. And then we've got whoever Joe and TR need for radio, and then your three to four people you guys asked for. And some guys are just take their time, and I'm like, okay, we gotta go. Yeah, I had a fan last night that reached out on social media to ask how the intermission interviews are selected. Do you guys get to pick? And I said, well, 
within reason. I mean, like last night was a national show in Winnipeg. Yes. So the Canadian TV has, they've got an intermission that they want to do an interview. We're trying to get a guy. Radio's trying to get a guy. And it's not like they don't have something else going on either. I mean, they're all trying to get in the room for their intermission. So it's, it can be interesting. But what's your, what's the, what's your favorite part of the job? Oh, definitely the people. Um, <laughs> not Michael Russo. Right. I'm just kidding, but he's Some part of the, the people. people. Um, no, it, it's a, like we said, you ha- it's a customer service job, and you're with people all day, and some are meant for it, some are not, and I truly think I was meant for this job. Um, yeah, definitely. I like that every day is different. It's the same, but it's different. We have our game day routines even on our side that we do. But it's still different. Our team coming in is different. The players we have are on rotation sometimes. So it's never one the same, and that's what I wanted when I was looking for a career. Well, even just like uh, now that, you know, sort of the pandemic or that we're all over at TRIA, like, you know, as as beat writers, you know, you realize how hard you and Aaron work because now we're actually seeing you work. Where before, like after practice, you'd go back to the – 317 Washington and work in your offices there. Now you're working at TRIA and they're they're there longer than we are. That's for sure. These game notes don't magically write themselves. It's like I always tell people these articles don't write themselves. You know, I tell Anthony that all the time. Um, <laughs> you're, a, you're a blogger. You don't even have a deadline anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but it is, it's, I mean, the number of things that you have to do beyond just, you know, all this, all the stuff that's visible to us, it's crazy. Well, people laugh that, um, it's just me and Aaron. Most other teams have three plus people. And yeah. so sometimes I look at Aaron and I'm like, have we not killed each other yet? <laughs> because it's 60 to 80 hour week sometimes. Yeah. How about Aaron has been here since day one? Day I mean, one. It's crazy. Day one. You know? They've been redoing things in the office with COVID and uh, we've hired some more people so they've been mm-hmm. trying to put desk space and stuff. So part of like the welcome you get when you're hired is they've been putting your name and then the year you were hired on your tag and so you go around and everyone's fairly decent or mm-hmm. you know 10 years ago <laughs> you go to Sickman's yeah. store and it's 98 well I got like, like we have our PHWA badges it's getting nerve-wracking how I keep on popping up but like, it's a good thing you have it on tonight so well, you can I get it right from the arena case. Anthony because some of us has been working all day and woke up in Winnipeg <laughs> so um but yeah no like same like same like it's cr- like we have uh, numbers on badges based on seniority and it's it's just insane how like I've gotten to the because really? what was your first year in on Florida? The broadcast one? I should look. 95, yeah. yeah. What did you say? I just, I've never noticed if there are numbers on the broadcast ones, are there? No, not on the wild ones that we no, give no, out. Oh, but I mean, the, yeah, I'm talking the PHWA back. No, right. and the NHL yeah. ones, I don't think they put them on there yeah. either. No. See that? Yeah. <laughs> 47. Yeah. Um, everything is about to change. If you've been watching the news, you know that interest rates are likely to rise several times in 2022. That means the time to sell your home is now. Buyers want to buy before rates go up, so they're highly motivated. And if you're holding out because you can't find a place to move to next, well, Christendal Real Estate has the perfect solution to help you. It's their Guaranteed Offer program. Guaranteed Offer means you can sell now while your equity is high, then pick your closing dates so you have more time to buy while interest rates are at historic lows. Bottom line, when interest rates rise, selling opportunities fade. Now is the perfect time to sell your current home and find your new one, but the window is closing fast. By this time next year, don't regret sitting on the sidelines while others perfectly time the 
real estate market. Act now and take advantage of this unique and once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Join thousands of other homeowners who have already received a guaranteed offer by visiting chrislindahl.com today. That's chrislindahl.com. Some terms and conditions apply. And here's a word from Minnesota Propane Association. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Tell you, I discovered a new thing at Kowalski's this last week. They have a what they call a buck bucket, but they had this little package of uh, Bella Santori cheese, which is a cheese that we always have. This one was soaked in cognac. I threw it on the platter and I said, hey, what do you think of that cheese? And Marco's like, it's one of the best cheeses I've ever had. I would have never in a million years bought something that expensive in a big chunk. But to have just a couple little pieces, it was perfect. But it's such a great idea because to try a little sampler, it's perfect. And I even asked the guy and he said, look, if if you're ever looking for something and you just really want a much smaller size, just let us know. We'll cut something up for you. So Check it out. It's the Buck Bucket at the cheese counter at Kowalski's. I think it's one of the, it's a great idea. I love it. And it's just another example of why it's the best place to go. Does anybody have, we can welcome yeah. some more questions and, and feel Megan free to ask Megan questions too. <laughs> You if could you do a whole up. podcast just on questions, couldn't you guys? So Megan's from <laughs> Buffalo, Always. big, uh, big Bills fan. <laughs> uh, we have a big road trip coming up to yeah. Philadelphia hey, and Buffalo see? our next trip. Buffalo's everywhere. Uh, what's up? Well, so question here. Obviously, goalies are off limits to talk to in between periods and that, but are there any other players that are like, we don't talk to them at all? No, they're very good. Yeah. Um, uh, even some goalies. Remember Dwayne Rolison did an intermission interview with the Wild uh, in Joe Lewis Arena? It was hilarious. Did he really? Yeah, intermission while he was playing. Do you remember Bruce Golub taking photos with the fan on yeah, the that bench? Was great. That, that was, was like his hilarious. last game with the Wild. He just was like, hey. Yeah. It was like his last game with the Wild. Oh, no. Um, They've all been good. I think when I came in, we still had Backy and Harding, and Backstrom would not talk morning of the game. And then when he was gone, uh, that's when Doobie came in, and Doobie was an open book. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll talk whenever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that kind of set yeah. the tone because it's ever since like him, ever every since. goaltender. I do think, it. I will say, so I didn't cover the Winnipeg game two games ago, two visits ago, and I was watching from home, and I think that the guys that put on the headsets between period while the, te- while the TV guys are at home, they want to do anything else. <laughs> like Erickson Eck, Fiala, and who was it the was third? Stir. Stir <laughs> yes, they all like could not have like I kept on texting Gorg. I'm like, well, that went well. Well, that went well. Like it was. Well, we always see you guys. You'll point across the rink. At, that's the camera the you're looking on. at. With the light on. Erickson I mean, it's not the hilarious. easiest thing to do. So Erickson Eck, I know him so well by now that. The way Gorg phrased his first question with the Erickson Eck, I knew the rest of the interview was going to go bad. <laughs> Erickson Eck made this face that if Gorg was in front of him, he probably would have like ripped his head off. It was just the way he framed <laughs> I it. I That was the game where the Wild were just absolutely awful. <laughs> just, I, everybody needs to go back to that game and, and just... Just listen to how Gorg asked the question and how Eric fault the guys it. too because if they get a bad question, it wasn't a bad question. It was well, just like it was, but you could just tell Erickson Heck was just like, 
not having it. I tend to see after Nico. I was like, uh, Nico didn't look up yeah. at all. Um, but there, but then the week ago one in Winnipeg, there was like a delay from Gorg to that player, and that was also a little offbeat. <laughs> there was. We were just talking about this the other day that the it's not just the players either. the The first night Wes Walls ever did a wild pre and post game show with me, he was so nervous that he refused to look up. <laughs> so he sat at the desk like this the whole show. And what he was saying was great, but he'd be looking at me, and then as soon as he'd start to talk, he'd, it was like the red light terrified him, and he'd just go like this. And I remember Margo texting me as he looked down saying, poor Wes. <laughs> he's, I love the guy, but come on. And, but he, you know, now obviously he's gotten it's a lot better. It's such a different so the, thing. The red light is, can be intimidating. Yeah. I was talking to a... I have the worst memory, but it, we were on the road somewhere recently, and there's a new color analyst that's like freshly off the ice uh, somewhere. And it, we were talking about how difficult it is putting the earpiece in, listening to the truck. Like, it's just like this person knows hockey galore, but it was like, you know, this, it's a different animal when you're in that booth trying to talk a game and things like that. I'll think about it. I'll go back. <laughs> yeah. Question? Right. We're out of media guides. That's right. He'll get a raffle ticket. It's fine. Yep. Um, so since we were talking about prospects, uh, everybody seems to give up on prospects so fast. But isn't Felino a good example of people just taking forever to develop? Yeah, I mean, that happens a lot. Eric's an Eck. Well, have you, have you yeah, seen I his mean, scoring this year? I think he's just a really late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. Um, with I think Felino, a lot of I think a lot of it's Felino. opportunity, yeah. too. He, you know, he is, I don't know that he's been that different of a player. He's just... He's getting more chances in situations where he can be successful, and the the reins off, so to speak. Where go make a play, and he, I do think his game's better. But I don't. I think with him, it's m- as much opportunity yeah. as a late bloomer. There are guys like Eric Sinek. You know what's interesting is Goal goaltending. Could've... We were talking about the goalies the other night when Minnesota played Detroit, and Nedeljkovic was in net for Detroit. He and uh, Kakinen were both. 2015 draft picks, and here they're both yep. rookies in 2022. Yep. It's amazing. That's seven years after they were drafted. They're both still rookies. No doubt. And then also, what are your thoughts on uh, like a deadline pickup of a goalie? Uh, I don't see that happening. I mean, they're going to go with Talbot or, or Kakinen. Um, yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't either. They, unless they flounder. I, I understand why you're asking about it, but... Uh, you know. I think if they have assets to trade, it's going to be to address other needs. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, yep, go question. ahead. All right, so I got into it last night on Twitter with a Senators fan, actually in the replies to your tweet <laughs> about the, uh, their I, I, scouts no being offense, there. but I think I saw this, and I hit mute conversation. Oh, I don't blame <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I, do, yeah. I do not blame you in the I'm slightest. I'm almost positive I saw this. this. It so was unbelievable. Th- this guy said that I was on drugs for yeah, suggesting saw this. that Bill Guerin, or as I call <laughs> yeah. him, Uncle Bill, yeah. would be an idiot to deal Fiala at this point with how well he's yeah. playing yeah. with Boldy. Yeah. Have you heard anything recently about him, even the, even the possibility of him still well, being a Well, that would trade be the piece. definition, if you trade Fiala, of screwing with your chemistry right now. I mean, there's yeah. no reason why they'd have to do it. Um, there are, look, Ottawa wanted Fiala and, could, and nearly could have had them a couple years ago, uh, and they chose not to. So there's no doubt that Pierre Dorian would love Kevin Fiala. The question is, when do you get him? Do you get him at the draft? Do you get him as unrestricted free agent? Does Kevin go somewhere else? I mean, like that—that that, like, he's not trading him in season. He's not, he's not trading him in season. 
You know, I don't even think at this point, like to me, months ago, Kevin Fiala might have been traded in a JT Miller trade. Now I don't think you do that. I, uh, why would you, like Fiala and Boldy right now are Zuccarello and Caprizo. Why would you do that? It just, it makes no sense. So um, it does not, like I talked, I've talked to Pierre Dorian the last couple times that he's been in, 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 like a lot of times when a GM scouts a game, you don't know why he's there. You don't know who he, if he's scouting the opponent or anything. They are scouting Minnesota right now, 100%. But that does not mean that if, even if he wants Fiala that he's getting him now. It could be at the draft. It could be never. It could be as a free agent. So, Megan, any thoughts? <laughs> I get my information <laughs> from kidding. you. Just kidding. I don't <laughs> know what, what I was Actually, the follow-up question I was going to ask with Megan, Megan is, have you do written you guys, the Fiala traded press release I have yet? not yet. Do yeah. you guys follow what's happening on social media during games? At all? Just so, me. No. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I know we, you do. I'm asking if the Minnesota <laughs> no, I, Wild PR department does. We have our PR account, and I stick straight to that. I won't even interact with the people that <laughs> tweet back at me, like, oh, who was the last person to do that? Because I'm terrified for answers. <laughs> I do think that you and Aaron had a lot of fun during the during the taxi squad days of just being like, Matt Boldy sent to the taxi squad and then like texting you, look at this, look at the responses. <laughs> so uh, well, Ziggy was just doing that now with uh, that month-long taxi squad we yeah. had. Every time uh, Dewar and... No, that's Bolde what I mean. Yeah, it was... Like, yeah, I'm it's... almost convinced that Ziggy was doing it just to screw with the fans at the, <laughs> like down the stretch. It was actually Chris O'Hearn, too, that would like text us and be like, hey, so-and-so's going to taxi squad. Yeah. And he goes, can't wait to see the reaction. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I basically told him everything that you guys just said. And, but no, I guess I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we better, we're going to come close. These are going to be the last couple questions here. Uh, Brandon and, Br and Brianna, uh, they're, they're going into overtime. Scott and Rob are starting to get a little nervous back right. there. So. Hey, just a quick question. Miko's getting his jersey yep. retired. Um, what's your thought of him actually joining the Minnesota Wild, and what might that actually role be? Yeah, isn't this your second question? It is. Yeah, yeah this is a good one, too. You know what I love about what's going on with Miko, uh, and you probably would agree with this, uh, is don't, he is embraced this like working for the team, being around the team, this new role. Like he walks through the locker room now and there's just this comfort, you know, he strolls through there. You know what I, I got to do today for the first time in my life? Um, I picked up his thousand game silver stick. Have you ever picked one of those things up? They're heavy. It's like a hundred pounds. It is. Did you it, hurt your back? I did hurt my back. I was not expecting it. It was. It was un, I could Better not call believe one it. One did again. you, did um, you have to go get another yeah. shot? And then the other thing that uh, Andrew Burnett told me today, you no, know, is that those silver sticks they actually take the model and the 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 uh, mold of a player's stick and. But it is it is freaking heavy. Holy crap! I talked to Miko about what he wants to do, and it was it was interesting because he just was a part of the Finland World Junior Team as a coach, and did went through all the practices and the prep and the first game there before the tournament got canceled. And he said he said I loved coaching, I loved the connection with the young guys, I loved sitting down and having lunch with a kid and trying to help him fight through slumps or face off troubles or whatever. But he also said, I didn't realize how much work went into coaching, how much time is spent on video and practice prep and all of that. And he said, I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. And I'm, I know I'm not ready to jump in at the NHL level for that. So I think he's still trying to figure Can't out where he's going to win fit. a draw, though. Well, he did help some guys on the Finland team with faceoffs. But he just said, there's some guys <laughs> that are still just a little too close. I'm sure with him, too, that we're teammates now inside the room. That's got to be a little awkward to jump in 
as a coach at the NHL level, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he doesn't have a solidified role at some point after this season is over. I think right now he's just getting through the jersey retirement ceremony and, and then try to figure it out. Yep. Last question. Uh, we go from uh, talking about the Finnish captain to a proud Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My last name's Hoppin', and me yep. and Michael have known each other for a little bit. First question's for Megan. When a when a person's going through a slump, and I think back to Fiala at the beginning of the year, what does that relationship look like between the PR person and someone who's av- obviously just straight up fighting it? We are we're there for them every day, every all day. So we're even though I'm doing their notes and giving that stuff to the media, we're still there for them. So we're still on great terms. We're just there to support anyway. Case they're not mad at us, we're not mad at them. I can't control what's happening to them on the ice. Just like they can't either. So we're just there for them. Yeah. How much Megan, of your Megan's job given is some pro- uh, tips to some players? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I can't even needle high glove on the next one. Yeah. yeah. How much of your job includes prepping them for what they're likely to be asked? Uh, you know what? Not as much as you think. When they're new, um, I feel like we, we go through it more a little bit. But then a guy like a Spurgeon or a Felino, we, we're just like media need you. And in the room they go. Yeah. Um, but like a boldier doer who are still learning your names. Do you ever give them like, hey, just so you know, Russo's been freaking tweeting about the face-offs all game. So get ready to answer that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Like, Dean, we give them the 411 every time. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll ask because they, they're not on social media either, both players and coaches. But they'll hear things themselves. So sometimes they'll come to us and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. And we'll just be like, oh, you know, we'll fill them in. But nothing, as you, you guys know, Dean's pretty open. He's not, yeah. he's not hiding anything. No <laughs> doubt about it. Well, uh, any follow-up question? Yeah, you know, I was curious, Anthony, like what other broadcasters you like to listen to? And then just the last hockey question. With the, like Greenway for three years, the past few weeks he's been more engaged. I've seen him in three years. You know, you lock him up for three years. You got a guy like uh, Duhame on the roster who is playing that same role. Like, I don't know how I feel about the contract. Like, are we going to get the same thing out of Greenway for the, for the next three years? Or are we going to be sitting on, like, dead money? I, I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on the contract as I will, a whole. I will say that I was definitely surprised of the contract just because I, I don't disagree with you that when you have Boldy Beckman – uh, Duham, that that he just felt to me to be more expendable, and that there were should there not should have that there could have been other priorities on the on the roster. I like the value of the contract. I like the way he's playing. I think that Bill Guerin looked at it and said, "We got this great line here." Um, you know, he obviously knows Greenway too, and his personality and what he adds to the team, and so I think that he just felt that. But but by doing that, it could a hundred percent affect other things. Like now, I do the math on a lot of things. I don't see how they resign Goligoski. I definitely don't see how they resign Sturm. Um, you know, I, I just definitely think the math now is t- a little tougher. So. On the broadcaster front, I actually I love listening to some of the old school guys. Like on my way down here, I was listening to the Toronto radio broadcast, and I love this guy's been there. I can't remember his name, but he's been there for like thirty years, and it's this big booming voice. I love his call. I love the Montreal radio guy. I like the radio guy in Calgary, uh, Jack Michaels, who did Edmonton radio and now does Edmonton TV, is really good. He's one of my favorites, but those are probably some of the guys that stand out. But I I love listening to the other local shows, and every time before we do a game, I always watch the the opponent's previous local broadcast because I want to hear what their guys are talking about, what's happening with their team. National shows don't do anything for me. I like the local shows. 
Thanks for coming, Alex. All right, last question here, uh, Brandon. Are you okay? <laughs> Just uh, yep, every Brandon. question you ask, Brandon's got to work another hour tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Brian. So, by the way, these shows, all of the Talk North, go no, n- nowhere without these two. So, absolutely awesome. Thanks for coming out, uh, Brandon and Brian, as always. <laughs> What's up? Uh, really quick here, how hands-on is Billy G with, or the GM of the Wild, how hands-on is he with Iowa, and how many games does he attend in person down there, either the Heartlanders or the Wild? Is that something you guys would know? I don't know who to ask. Megan, do you, you have any idea? I mean, he's down there every now and then, but he's not there a ton. He, I was going to say, he's got yeah. his, pulse, his finger on the pulse yeah, yeah. for sure, but uh, Michael Murray, yeah, Mike, are, Mike Murray runs it. he's... He's the guy that's running Iowa yeah. Wild, and then Mike just reports back to Bill yeah. on what's going on. But yeah. they, he's got a pulse on the finger, but I wouldn't know how often he's doing the he 35 might be a jinx, drive. Uh, actually, Anthony, because every time he goes down there to go grab somebody to bring him up, they get hurt. So it happened the night <laughs> well, with Bolden. In this day and age, when he can stream the games, I know he watches yeah. a fair amount of them because yeah. we've talked about that. And no doubt. He's aware of everything that's yeah. happening there. These guys are in communication daily, but I don't know how often he actually physically is in attendance. Yeah. Well, thanks to Greenbelt for doing this. Thanks to Megan for coming out. Half the Wild's awesome PR department. There's a reason why they win the Dillman every single year in the Western Conference. The Dillman, by the way, is the best PR staff in the league. Uh, we give one for the East, one for the West. It's chosen by the Professional Hockey Writers Association, and the Wild seem to win it every single season. Well-deserved. Um, thanks to uh, Brandon and Brianne for coming out. Uh, I know Brianne well. She used to uh, do all my... Uh, she's been my favorite producer at The Fan, so thanks for coming out. Um, thanks to our incredible sponsors, Bosch Law Firm, Tria, Profile by Sanford, Minnesota Propane Association, Aquarius, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatments, Kowalski's, and Christendahl Real Estate. Everybody give Anthony a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming out. Great crowd. So much coming out, there's nothing going in I know that you feel like you're never gonna win Oh, but the world won't forgive a winner Good job, Brandon.